0: What the hell is the name of this book? It's Wayne World*. The award-winning
1: Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers. Kevin Sherry. Kevin Sherry, I think I'm number one. Barry Horn. He right. tried
0: to get me in mid-shoe. Hello again, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy. I'm Evan Grant, joined by Barry Horn.
1: I don't even get to introduce myself
0: Not anymore. Not
1: anymore. I'm tired of you talking. And we are joined today by Chuck Carlton, our college football expert. Go ahead, Barry. Say hello. I just want to say hello, and I want to remind everyone that Kevin Sherrington is still uh, down and naked and afraid, uh, and uh, he may be back next week. Although he's having trouble getting out of Brazil, I understand. Okie and he, and he dokie. And he wasn't involved in any gas station incidents. Either.
0: Fortunately, he
1: did not pee on any gas stations. I'm glad to hear that. Barry, would you
0: like to get to Chuck now? I'd love to get to Chuck. Chuck, are you there?
2: Uh, yes, and I am not naked and afraid. Well, I'm, I'm partially naked. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm at home.
0: Oh, Chuck, please. Chuck, I, I don't know if I can go on. Um...
2: How does that affect on
1: people are, are, are we are we could we be like the Mongolian wrestle, wrestling coach? That was could, the best thing ever. Can we could we start stripping here in in the studio? You know what they had, you know what those coaches had yesterday. What? They had a
0: Mongolian beef with the uh, with the officials.
1: Thanks for not well, reacting. Well,
2: you don't worry headlines, Evan. Yes, okay.
1: Mongolian beef. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the AP top 25 and your poll. But let's, let's start with
0: the AP Top 25, and, and let's, let's go here. I, Chuck, everybody, I think, is in agreement. Alabama is the preseason number one, correct?
2: Well, uh, not as much as an agreement last year. But remember that everybody who voted in the poll had uh, Ohio State number one, and we all know how that looked, uh, worked out. But basically it's chalk. It's chalk based on last year. Mm -hmm. Alabama won. Alabama's won four of the last seven national championships under Nick Saban. Uh, You you know, they have basically an NFL starter set defense back. Yeah, you, you go with Alabama. Clemson gave them a heck of a game. They have maybe the best player in the country and quarterback Deshaun Watson. You know, you put Clemson as number two. Oklahoma showed up a lot more for its semifinal game than Michigan State did. Oklahoma State has. Baker Mayfield and Samaji P. Ryan and, and the Bob Scoops pedigree, so they go into number three. So, yeah it, yeah, it it's one of those things. It's a very inexact size. If you look at last year's, and again, yeah, you, you know Alabama will probably have some say in the national championship. The SEC will have some say. Either Clemson or Florida State will have some say. But but right now, yeah, it, it, it it's still very much – a view from
1: 35,000 feet. I'm a little curious here. Uh, Clemson is number two in the national, in the AP poll, but you didn't have that number two, did you?
2: No. I went only because I have a whole lot of questions about they they lost a ton of people off the defense for the second straight year. I I like Florida State. Um, I I think Florida State is, again, for a team that's number four in the AP, a little under the radar. And also it's kind of – just looking at, you know, it's it's really hard to come back from a loss in the title game and have that big season again. Usually, there's some sort of drop off when you lose in that title game uh, that the teams have experienced. Um, and uh, you know, look at the, look at Oregon last year. You know, losing the first title game, and and again they lost Marcus Mariota, but a lot of people thought that, that would be a top five team. I think it's hard coming back from that. Um, and I also have TCU, much higher than uh, 13. I have them number eight. And if Kenny Hill comes through at quarterback, and I think he will in a very friendly system for quarterbacks, then, then I think TCU could certainly challenge uh, Oklahoma, especially Giddy Oklahoma, and Fort Worth on October 1st.
1: Let me ask you a question. Who put together this Oklahoma schedule? So the open, opening couple of games, three games for the University of Oklahoma. Who did it? odds? Did he Did he put the schedule together for them?
2: I'm going to say, I mean, the, there are easier ways to start a football season, are there than not? I mean, this is just brutal. Now, it's one of those things that by the time we get to the Red River sh- uh, Showdown here at the Cotton Bowl, you could have uh, an Oklahoma team that's undefeated number one in the country, fairly on the basis of who they would have beaten. Or you could have a team with... You know, potentially two or three losses when so, you look at this. So, how does that schedule? I mean,
1: it, yeah. Evan, Evan's putting up his hand.
0: Let's just uh, well, let's just for people who don't have the schedule I was going to ask. They him. open with Houston in Houston at Energy Houston Stadium. Houston at Energy Stadium.
2: Yes.
1: Is that a ho- is uh, that, that a home Houston. game for Oklahoma? Is that a home game for Oklahoma, Chuck?
2: That 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 was that was broken. It's kind of a. Uh, uh, a, a neutral site sort of situation to be played at Energy Stadium. And if you're Oklahoma, you're thinking, yeah, you get exposure down. And, uh, you know, they get exposure in, in Dallas every year, obviously, get the exposure down in Houston. And at the time that was made, I don't think they were expecting to be facing a team that was coming off a 13-1 and season and a Peach Bowl went over Florida State with uh, Heisman Candidate and Greg Ward. This was pre-Tom Herman when that was made.
0: So they, they open with Houston in Houston then uh then they they host louisiana monroe in uh in norman and then on the 17th of september uh they bring in the ohio state buckeyes uh for a for a national tv game 6:30 p.m. central time uh then they get they get a week off to prepare for for the big 12 schedule
2: and who do they open right, which is, and who do
1: they open the big 12 at
2: schedule? TSU. yeah opens vet tc which is won 13 straight games at home to, the third-longest winning streak in the Power Five. And that's not going to be easy. And then you go to Texas, which has beaten, you know, in Dallas, which has beaten uh, them two of the last three years. I mean, this is a – even for a team as talented and as uh, you know, as many veteran, you know, skilled guys as Oklahoma, that's a really hard way to start the season.
0: Yeah, but I, I also think that come come BCS time, if they get through that stretch, if that's a big if, yeah, it is a big if. But that's the risk you have to take now if you want to play in the in the college um, in the college football championship. If you want to make hey, the playoffs,
2: hey, 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 and remember, the Big Twelve, the championship game doesn't kick in till twenty seventeen. Correct. You know, whoever comes out of the Big Twelve is only going to have twelve data points, not the all valuable thirteenth data point. If you're Oklahoma and you're Sitting there either undefeated or one loss, it's going to be really hard, even playing just 12 games to keep Oklahoma out of the playoffs.
0: Right. With that schedule. And I I mean, I think that that's, I think the Big 12 schools have, at least in some regard, amended some of their scheduling here lately. Oklahoma has never been one to really shy away from from a high profile non conference game, but uh, it's certainly a tough schedule to start the season. But it's it's, it's a schedule designed to get them in the championship.
2: Yeah, and you only have three non-conference games. It's not like some conferences where you have eight conference games, four non-conference. Where even if you have the difficult game, you can schedule basically at least three wins out of those four. And uh, I mean, and you look around the uh, you know around the conference. Bill Snyder's never really liked to play a competitive non-conference, but. You know, playing at Stanford with Christian McCaffrey, Texas. I mean, I think Charlie Strong's going to be better, but will you be able to tell in the non-conference that includes Notre Dame at home, and then a trip out for a 9:30 game at Cal, which uh, just gained a pretty good quarterback in Davis Webb, the Texas Tech transfer who will have something to prove out there.
1: I, I see you didn't have you did not have Texas in your top 25, correct? Mm-hmm.
2: No, I I have them projected for seven and five feet. All right, eight wins I think is the ceiling for Texas this year in the regular season.
1: And does that does Charlie Strong keep his job on that?
2: That's a great question. Thank I you. I mean, a lot depends on the progress that they've shown. I, I think that if he does go with Shane Bouchelle and there is progress during the course of the season, yeah, you can make that case. You know, first year offense staying with it. Freshman quarterback, growing pains, but strong recruiting. At the same time, we've all seen this happen before. Let's say they start one and two. Their uh, Big Twelve opener is in Stillwater against a good Oklahoma State team. I mean, this you know all of a sudden Texas is looking at one and three. It could be a runaway trade, much like the the final uh, year under Mack Brown, where he started one and two, and it almost became a uh, the. The inevitable feeling that Mac was gone, even when he was playing for the Big 12 title in Waco, the final game of the regular season. There was this feeling that uh, Mac had to win the Big 12 to save his job after the one and two start. And you I could, don't think it's to that point with Charlie, but I, you know it'd probably be good for him not to test fate.
0: Chuck, let me interrupt for one second to say that you mentioned Shane Bruchel and you mentioned the possibility of him starting, and I, we should bring up since this is a morning news production that at dallasnews.com and at SportsADFW.com, you can find a a great story written by Brad Townsend on Shane Bouchel's background and on the fact
1: that what is, what is the greatest nugget in that story Evan? The greatest nugget is that say Let's it. just say let's just say that, say that there's it, a Alice. failed vasectomy. A failed vasectomy.
0: Let's just say that there's a failed vasectomy involved
1: in that story. So Shane Bouchelle should not be. Is that what you're saying?
0: I don't think his parents have ever brought it to him in that way, Barry.
1: Well, Steve Bouchelle, his father, ha- had a vasectomy. Is that correct?
0: Don't give away the whole story. No. Let because, them read it. Well, let's tease them. We tease them. Failed vasectomy. Who's not going to want to read a story that includes failed vasectomy? Except maybe a couple of vasectomy surgeons.
1: Have you, have you had an occasion to talk to Steve Bouchelle about this? Since this I have not happened? talked
0: about the failed vasectomy, no. Uh, Chuck... <laughs> Do you believe that Bouchard starts the Notre Dame game?
2: I mean, it would it would make the most sense. But I've seen Charlie Strong make decisions. I mean, I could see them easily talking themselves out of it. They don't want to damage his confidence. Oh, he hasn't seen the uh, all the blitzes that Notre Dame is likely to dial up. All this sort of sorts of things. But then you go back to 2015 in South Bend and. The 38-3 to three loss had just set the tone for the whole season, and where Tyrone Sloops had that deer-in-the-headlights look, and you think back to the Einstein definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So it's going to be, I would think that you see Bouchelle. I think, better than even chance he starts and that you see Floops in, like, the short yardage package that he was pretty effective in last year, the 18-wheeler package, kind of like Blake Bell at Oklahoma. And he seems much better suited to that than the starting role. But if Floops came out there, would I be terribly surprised? No.
1: Is, is Kevin Sumlin over uh, in College Station on a hotter seat than, uh, than Charlie is in Austin?
2: I, I think it's equally so uh, I, for different reasons. I mean, uh, actually, uh, Kevin Sumlin's had a lot more success just overall, one loss, not not necessarily conference. Um, but you look at the situation trying to break through in that uh, SEC West, especially again this year, where you've got you know Alabama, LSU. I think Arkansas will be improved. I think the pressure's on Gus Malzahn at Auburn to, you know, have a much better season. And you go up and down, um, you know, Ole Miss should be very good. Uh, And it's like, well, where do you get to that 9-10 wins playing that kind of schedule, also opening at home against UCLA? Again, much like uh, Charlie Strong, I think Kevin Sumlin needs to perform well in that home game or else things could start kind of spiraling. Uh, a little bit if Josh Rosen goes in there and throws for four or five touchdowns, and there are question marks.
0: Chuck, um, let's go back to the poll for a second. Uh, In the official poll, and I I guess we could, if we wanted to, we could line your poll up, your rankings lined up next to the official poll and and kind of glean this, but I want your take. What is the, uh, what's the most overvalued team in the top 10, do you think?
2: valued, or a team that could go where things could go wrong, I think. Yes. Um, okay. But, 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 and and remember, as we go into this, three teams uh, that started last year in the top 10 uh, fire their coaches, you know, either during the season or in the offseason. And one, obviously, Baylor and Art Bryles, um, which different sort of situation not necessarily for performance but georgia started ninth in the ap poll last year mark rick fired
0: let's not bring that uh, up Twenty
2: season and and southern cal with steve Sarkeesian, um and and what he went through started eighth in the poll last year people forget that and how things can change but as, as i look at it now the two things that jump out at me one lsu um you know do they have a quarterback do they have any sort of offensive passing game to go with Leonard Fournette and the fact that Fournette at least last week was in a walking boot you know he, he, he sprained ankle well that's not how you want your Heisman Trophy candidate running back to to start off the season you may be just fine it may be a precaution it may be all those things but Les Miles barely escaped last year what happens you know, I could easily see a projected 11-win season turn into another 8-4 and four season. And and the other one is Tennessee. Tennessee, um, they're still going to have to prove it. I mean, the, you know, Butch Jones does some weird things at the end of games. I mean, they're in a very winnable division. They've got a lot of people back. But this is a team that had, you know, Oklahoma down 17 nothing and could have closed the deal at home last year. Right. Um, So you you always look at Tennessee starting in the top ten with a bit of skepticism at this point. And I also think, and I may be one of the few, Michigan uh, still uncertain the quarterback. I mean, I think there's almost a karma thing going on now with Harbaugh where, okay, he's been out there so much, so in front now. What happens if Michigan doesn't deliver? And I'm looking at they have to go play in Columbus. In East Lansing and in Madison, those are three hard places to play. Right, you know, Michigan could be a better team this year and not have a better record. Can Houston
1: be in the college football playoffs this year?
2: Can can who?
1: Houston, Houston, Houston. Well, they open the season. They open the season ranked. Very hard.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's very hard, And, and don't get caught up in the rankings. Here's why it's very hard, because even though they're opening with Oklahoma, they've got Louisville, which is expected to be an ACC contender late in the season, you know, a top-15 type program. But they're going to need an awful lot of help from the AAC. You know, they're going to need to be playing three or four or five ranked conference teams, because that's what an Alabama is going to be facing in the SEC. That's what – Ohio State's going to be facing. That's what an Oklahoma is going to be facing in the Big Twelve. They need that conference to be competitive. It becomes really easy for the committee, even if Houston is sitting there at eleven and one, twelve and zero. Actually, be with conference title game. Let's say twelve and one or thirteen and zero to say, well, the schedule just doesn't quite compare. Great, you know, great season, but they're fifth. It's really hard for me to see a uh, scenario where a non-Power uh, Five conference makes the top four. I mean, maybe BYU, which plays a really tough schedule year in and year out, they somehow run run the table. They might have a case, but everybody else is going to be really difficult.
0: I think the problem with Lew- I think the problem with Houston is even if they get off to a good start, even if they upset Oklahoma in that first game. Uh, because of the weakness of the American conference, that their ranking is going to start leaking a little bit because of the conference. You know, the, the, the only other challenge, real challenge game for them, as, as Chuck mentioned, is, is Louisville um, the, the, in their second-to-last game of the season. That's in Houston. If Louisville is uh, uh, in, the, uh, in, the Ameri- in the Atlantic Coast Conference uh, title hunt, uh, maybe that makes a big difference, but I could see that that their season would potentially peak with a win over Oklahoma, and then kind of leak after that. Um, Chuck, before, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here pretty quickly, but I want to get one other take from you. What is the team in the poll that is most undervalued right now? One team. One team in the poll
2: most undervalued, and okay, I'll. And it's not even in the poll, which really makes it undervalued at this point. Uh, but uh, I will say, uh, let's go out to the, uh, the far northwest for, uh, for the pirate himself. Anybody realize that Mike Leach won nine games last year at Washington State and has a big-time quarterback returning in Luke Falk? And right now they're sitting behind A&M at 29th and receiving votes, that's a team that could very much contend for the uh, for the Pac-12 North and maybe be the sort of team that Leach had at Texas Tech in 2008, it's the sort of team that can maybe get to 10 or 11 wins.
1: And complete this sentence. The team from the state of Texas that has the best chance of playing in the uh, college football playoff is?
2: TCU, without a doubt. Yeah, okay.
0: And Chuck's got them number eight on his on his rankings. They're number thirteen in the poll. I actually thought that Chuck was going to give us uh, TCU as his most undervalued team in the poll. Um, uh,
2: but he well, surprised I, us. I think I, I think you could do that. But yeah, this podcast isn't complete without a Mike Leach reference. So yes, um, but uh, no. Actually,
0: this uh, podcast the the college podcast isn't complete without a gratuitous Georgia reference for me. So I'm going to take Kirby Smart and his Bulldogs and the return of Nick Chubb.
2: I mean somebody's gotta win that SEC East. Think about it. somebody has to uh you know you know, come oh, out of there. And if it's, it's not gonna, Tennessee, why not Georgia? It's,
0: it's gonna be it's gonna be like it always seems to be. It's gonna be Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, and somebody will have to win. I just don't think there's a real dominant team among those three.
2: Yeah. I I mean, look at it. Missouri's come out of there a couple of years. Correct. You know what I mean? That that kind of underscores that that's a pretty winnable division. So yeah, without a doubt. But, yeah, I mean, and and what well, may be under people's radar, actually on Friday, if you need a college football fix, you will have Hawaii and Cal from Australia on Friday night playing there. Will they be and playing Australian be rules? Baylor. What?
0: Will they be playing Australian
2: rules? Uh, yes, Australian rules football, whatever – Bring back the old ESPN announcers. Yes, I like it. Uh, actually, that was a game that that could have included Baylor. Baylor was in that discussion at one time, and uh, uh, to play Cal or to play a Pac-12 team in Australia, so uh, uh, didn't happen. But that was seriously talked about.
0: Well, Chuck, this has been great going over the poll with you, and we will be back hopefully in the next week to talk big, get a Big Twelve preview. So, thank you for joining us today.
2: Hey, hey, no problem, and uh, yeah, check out Colleges' page at DallasNews.com, some really good stuff coming from, from me, Ben Baby, Bill Nichols, our college bloggers doing a great job. The, you know, the Brad Townsend story is just fabulous beyond the failed vasectomy. Uh, so, yeah, uh, definitely check us out there. And uh, also on the AP poll, you can look at uh, every single poll voter and what they how they uh, messed up, uh, including me. Uh, by going to that. Chuck, Chuck
0: you, are, you are going to get a little something extra in your no, I was podcast paycheck that. this week for, for all the promos of everything here at, at Dallas Morning News and DallasNews.com and SportsDayDFW.com, and someday it's going to be Chuck Carlton's Big12Report.com.
2: I don't think the world is quite ready for that. That's not what Marconi had in mind. All right, the, uh, uh, by the thing. way,
1: send us a photo of you doing, no. doing this, this podcast uh, sand shirt. I think people would want to see that. No, don't do that, Chuck.
0: All right, Barry, we have got to run. Chuck, thank you for joining us. Uh, we uh, need to remind folks that uh, the Ballsy podcast can be found on the iTunes store. Store? Store? Store at uh, ballsy. Just search Ballsy Podcast. It's B-A-L-L-Z-Y. Um, there will be transcription of this up on DallasNews.com at some point in time this week. And uh, uh, we should also mention that we had a great Cowboys podcast with Daryl Moose Johnston on uh, on his takeaways from preseason so far. And we are about to
1: record uh, John Daniels. So it's uh, it's a big day here in Podcast Central. John Daniels, the Rancher General Manager. Correct. You, you think he doesn't need to be identified he's he's so big correct he does not need to be identified chuck thanks so much for being with us he's chuck gone chuck is gone all right so long everybody bye